morning. Welcome to our Sunday morning message. Um, I trust that God has blessed you this week. Um, I know he has. He's just that way. He'll take care of us. He'll bless us. If we'll stop for a few moments and just think about the blessings of this past week. Even if we're sick or we have some injuries or we have struggles in life, there are points where God has shined through in that darkness. We need to grasp them. We need to hold on to them. God is good. He is good to us, and we need to take an opportunity to worship Him, to cling to Him, to hold on to Him. Well, as we begin today, as we do every message, we're going to begin with prayer. And I want you to take the opportunity to, to share it, to share your prayer request with us, to share it with all of those watching. I want to ask you also to share any testimony, any praise report, anything that you may have moving and working in your life because your testimony can impact another person in their need of the Lord Jesus Christ. You make a difference. Share it. Use that difference to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we begin, let's remember our nation in prayer. As it happens every election cycle, there's division. As it happens every time there is a issue, whether it's a terrorist attack or a virus or whatever it may be, there are tensions that flatter. There are name calling. There are other things that take place. And just for a moment, let's lay aside all of that and let's focus on the issues and let's pray about them. Let's ask for God to intervene and have his will, not our will, not our opinion, not our thoughts, not our politics, but God's way and God's will in the life of this nation. We'd be surprised. We will be pleasantly surprised at how God works and moves in the life of this nation. Also, let's remember the scientists and the researchers over the COVID-19 and all of the work that's being done there. Let's ask God to continue to bless them. I want to ask God to bless you because there's some that are watching some that are listening that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will move in your life. That you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Also, this morning, I want to pray for the Christians out there. I want to pray for your strength. I want to pray for God to build a hedge about you. I want to pray with you over the issues that you have. 
And let's not forget the young people, the youth in our nation. They are at a very difficult point in life. But nonetheless, they have the ability to look to God to come through it. And I believe they will if we will show them the way. I believe they will. Will they have their failures and faults? Yes, they will. Will they have their shortcomings? Yes, they will. Will they have their moments where they fail God and fail themselves? Yes, they will, because you did. And they're no different than you. Somebody prayed for you. It's time for you to pray for someone else. As we think about these things and whatever it is that's on your heart this morning, Let's lift that up to the Lord. Let's go to him in prayer. Then we will go to our scripture, which will be Mark chapter 3, and we'll begin with verse 13. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father and Lord God, we thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us. Lord, we pray for our youth. We pray for those that are around us today who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord, I also pray and lift up my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you will undergird them with your strength, with your grace, with your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would help them through whatever the troubling times they have and they're dealing with in their life right now. And Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are struggling with sickness and injury today. Lord, I pray that you would move among the doctors and the caregivers. Lord, I pray that you would move in the hand in the physicians and in the pharmacists and in the medications that are given. Lord, I pray that you would give strength to the weak. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would encourage the discouraged today. Lord, I pray that you would take our nation, that you would start a revival. I pray that it would move across this land. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that it would turn our division into dedication. Dedication to you first. Lord, I pray that you would lead our nation to the passing of a Supreme Court justice. And I pray you would be with their family, with her family today. Lord, I pray that you would be with our leaders to make the right decisions. Heavenly Father, everything that's done, I ask that you would be in control. Lord, the message that comes, that follows, it is your word. Lord, I pray that it has your blessings and your anointing. We ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So let's go to God's word. Let's go to our Bible for a little while this morning. There is nothing more encouraging than God's Word. There is nothing that is more uplifting than God's Word. Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, beginning with verse 13. And he, Jesus, goeth up into a mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him, and he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, 
and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. And Simon, he surnamed Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, and he surnamed them uh, Bonerges, which is the sons of thunder. And Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the Canaanite. And Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into a house. Simon the Canaanite was an interesting one. He is also known as Simon the Zealot. I want to stop and I want to do a little explanation about that in case you don't know. But a zealot is what we would call today a political activist. He he was part of the of the movement of the zealots in that day to remove Rome from having authority over Israel. And he was part of a, uh, of a militia, if you would. <clears throat> and that militia was willing to fight. And at some point in their history, there were fights between the zealots and the Roman Empire. Yet nonetheless, the Lord called one to be an apostle. Just wanted to give you that as a little bit of an understanding off the bat. But when we're looking at this passage, we have already seen where Jesus healed a withered hand, where he was given, he gave instruction in teaching over being Lord of the Sabbath. He healed multitudes. And now he is moving to choose the twelve whom he will use to change the course of the world. But I want to point out a few things out of this passage this morning. A few things that he done for these twelve and with these twelve right here that he didn't that he, excuse me, that he still continues to do today in your life and in my life, in every life of a born-again Christian, those who follow him. First, I want you to notice that Jesus goeth up into a mountain. Now, if we go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 6, I think it is, we find out that in this parallel passage there, Luke lets us know that Jesus went up into this mountain to pray. The first thing that he does is go and pray. Now, Jesus is God the Son. He is the second person of the Trinity. Yet, he goes to seek the Father's advice and the Father's direction in these things. Jesus, throughout Scripture, we can read of how Jesus prays and what he prays for and what he teaches you and I in prayer. But more than that, throughout Scripture, we also learn from the Word of God the promise and the authority that prayer should have in our life. What we should be doing with 
how it should be a center point in our lives as well. You see, Jesus here sets an example for everyone to pray. And not just to pray, but to take precious, silent time, private time in prayer. Jesus went up on a mountain. Where is your prayer closet? Where is your prayer space? Where it is just you and the Lord, where you get away and you find time to pray. And you ask God about the about direction in these things that are so important in your life. You see, I fear today that the Christian has abandoned the prayer life. When we look around as we talk about prayer, social media is loaded with the word prayer. Everyone talks about and asks about prayer requests and prayers, and I do. But we need to understand we have an importance and a necessity in our life to literally come before God and pray. I have found in my life there is nothing more fulfilling in the life of Christianity, in the life of being a Christian, than to pray. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Because I understand the, the reality of the power and the authority of prayer. Not that it makes me a powerful person, but prayer in itself is powerful because when it is done in a godly manner, according to Scripture, prayer reaches the throne of God. Think about that. You, you, saint of God, born-again Christian, you have direct access to the throne of God. But do you take it? Mm -hmm. Oh my! Now that's something to really get a hold of. Do you take it to the throne of God? And when you do take it, do you take it with faith? And when I say faith, I'm asking, do you really believe that God is going to hear it and God is going to move? That's, that's reality. That's truth. Do we believe God is going to move? And if we do, are we submissive to God and the way He is going to move? That is a very touchy point with a lot of people. Because we have a tendency, all of us have a tendency, to ask God to do it our way. We have a tendency to ask God to give us what we want as an answer to prayer. Instead of asking God to have His will in His way and prepare us to accept it. When Jesus went into that mountain to get alone and to pray and to seek 
God's direction. He did not go up there with a list of people seeking approval. He went up there with a specific request. God the Father, Father in heaven, I want to know what you think. I want to know what you want. Now, we can stop and we can think about that and we can feel really good about the thought of doing that this morning. But, hold on. That prayer and the answer to that prayer could make things really difficult in our life. Our life could be turned upside down because God answers a prayer and because we are submissive to it. But it could also be strengthening. It could build our faith. It could draw us closer to it. Prayer is more than just getting something off of our chest. It is more than just venting to God. Now, God's big. He can hear. He can listen. He can deal with all of that. He's a big God. He's able to handle that. But at the same time, we have to be willing to let him handle us. We have to be willing to let him strengthen us. To let him mold and shape our lives into the image he wants to proclaim his gospel. Now when Jesus prayed, verse 13 also goes on and says, and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. So Jesus called out the people that were chosen. His disciples, those who would be called the apostles, Jesus called them. This is a note of service. Everyone saved by the blood of Jesus is called to the service of Jesus. I'm not saying you're called to be an apostle. The apostolic office was filled at this time in history to have a specific purpose of establishing the church as we know it today. But we are all called to be disciples of Christ. We are all called to preach and teach through the Great Commission. We are all called to pray. We are all called to be a living example of Christ to the world around us. So that others can come to know him as Lord and Savior. Will everyone sadly know? Let's, get, let's just be real about it. We know from reading the book that not everyone is going to accept Jesus. Some are going to hate him. And some are going to hate him so much that they are going to become violent. And they're going to be destructive and they're going to try to destroy those but there are some there are those who will listen and we have to be that messenger we are called to fulfill that purpose in Jesus Christ you are called you are 
not just to be involved in a ministry, a parachurch ministry or something of that nature. No, you are called every day of your life to be a disciple of Christ. Now, that's a big calling. I'm not saying you're called to be a preacher or a pastor. I'm not saying you're called to be a teacher or a missionary. I'm not saying that's between you and the Lord and what he's doing in your life. But rest assured, you are not called to sit and do nothing. You are not called to be a bench warmer. Jesus has an eternal game that's being played against Satan and his army. A battle, a fight, if you will. You have armor issued to you. What have you done with it? Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we have that armor for spiritual warfare and what it is used for. What have you done with yours? You see, let me share a, an illustration of the Judgment Day with you, and we'll use the armor as a picture here. When you stand before the Lord, and you're going to be judged according to the work that you have done for Him here on earth, and the Lord takes a look at your armor, is He going to see nice, polished, shiny armor well cared for and put away in a closet and, and, and kept away from moths and everything like that or is it going to see armor that is battle scarred that is patched together that has sword marks and dents and dings in it is it going to see armor that's been used for the purpose he issued it or is it going to see armor that was given and used just as a talking point. Folks, we got to get real about this. Christians, we got to get real about it. We have a world that is in chaos today with violence and division and destruction and corruption and sin is making its way, propagating its way all across our nation today. And it is unleashed and it is being held back with nothing. And we have the ability to stand in the way and fight it. We have the calling. We have the armor. We have everything that is given to the called person of God to stand in the way of sin and to preach its destructiveness to all of those around us. But yet... We stay silent about the things of God. We stay silent about the beauty of Christ and the power that changes lives from the inside out. We will get vocal over politics. And we'll get vocal over other things that are going on. And we will protest. And we will counter-protest. 
We will do all of these other things. We will arm ourselves with concealed carry weapons and firearms. And I'm not, I'm pro-Second Amendment as anyone else is. But when are we going to arm ourselves with the Word of God, with the power of God, with the moving of God through prayer, with the moving of revival across this land? When are we going to start seeing the change in people's lives because of the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. It's that time. It's that time. Jesus called his twelve and he ordained them and he gave them power to preach, to heal, to cast out. Those were the apostolic powers and the apostolic authorities. What about the power he is working, wanting to work through your life? Does he have the liberty to do that? You see, these twelve submitted, except except Judas. But the eleven submitted to him. And they all had amazing ministries. They all done amazing work for God. They all impacted the world in such a way that people, men like me, are preaching about it today. We're trying to encourage others to submit and to join us. Not submit to me. Submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, you are saved for a purpose. Saint of God, you are called to step up and step out. Put on your armor. Read Ephesians chapter 6. Gain the strength that comes with it. Discover, discover the power of prayer in your life and what it can do to transform you. Understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and understand how that can work in your life and change you and how that change and that growth and that daily development can influence other people. Actions show things to people that words can only describe. Let your words describe your actions and let your actions reinforce your words. Hold on to Jesus. Lost person, you spent your life denying Jesus. You you laugh and you scoff and you make fun of the Bible and you make fun of me and you you laugh about uh, about the thought of Jesus and, and and about the cross and about the ascension and the resurrection and, and all of those things you make fun of them. You don't believe them. 
but yet you're sitting there right now listening to this message. And in your mind and in your heart, you know the Word of God is real. The politics and the division and the protesting and all of this other stuff, the sicknesses, all of this other stuff is really meaningless. And you know where the real truth lies. It lies in the Word of God. In healing and peace and, and people coming together. It begins with Jesus with Jesus and no one else yes we have our rights and our liberties as a nationality of people one of the founding fathers said that the constitution can only rule a people that is of a Christian nation we want our Constitution to be meaningful in all of our lives, but at the same time, we reject the meaning of God's Word. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I want you to know He will change your life if you will come to Him. If you will come to Him. I want to share quickly a passage of scripture with you. It is a passage of scripture that is one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, when I graduated from seminary, I had it engraved in my ring, my class ring. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you don't believe, if you've never accepted Jesus, will you believe in him today? Will you accept him as your Lord and Savior? With the heart man believes into righteousness. With the mouth confession is made to salvation. If you will believe right now where you are and confess with your mouth that you are a sinner and you need Jesus and ask him to come into your heart, Jesus will save you. You know, you know that he's calling on you. You know that he's calling you to come to him just as he called these twelve to come to him on the mountain. Come to him. Christian, he's calling you to come to service. He's calling you to come into his service and to take his commands, to take his, his great commission and to bring it forward. He's calling you to reach others. Are you going to answer the call? lost person, are you going to answer the call to salvation today? Christian, are you going to answer the call 
to get in the game, to get into battle, to put on the armor. It's up to you. All I can do is share with you what God's Word says and the changes made in my life and trust Him to make that move in your life as well. As we close in prayer today, will you call on Jesus? Will you answer His call for your life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word you've given. Lord, I pray that you will anoint it and ordain it to go out um, around the corner and around the world. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would touch lives with it. I pray souls will be saved. I pray that saints, that your saints will step up and step out. Heavenly Father, build a fire under us, a fire of revival, and let it sweep this world. Lord, I pray that you'll have your will and your way in all of our lives. Heavenly Father, take care of all of those in our hearts, all of those in our thoughts today. Regardless of circumstance or situation, you know the needs that we all face. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll open the door for ministry to continue in person at McDowell Missions Ministries. I pray that the women and children and men of those shelters could be touched Heavenly Father, I pray that souls will be saved, that lives will be changed. I pray, dear God, that you would touch and move in the lives and take care of those in charge of the administration there. Lord, use us in the prisons, in the hospitals, in the homeless shelters. Use us to be your voice in this community and in this world around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to share your comments, your questions. And remember, Jesus loves you. He is calling on you to be saved and to move into his service. Until next week, may God bless you, is my prayer.